Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 12 for our thoughts this morning. Matthew 12. Again, to our guests and visitors, welcome. We're glad that you are here today. Matthew chapter 12, we're going to begin with verse 22. The word of God declares, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil. What I think I'm, I am on the right page, okay. Boy, I'm getting old. Hush. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. All the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you and we're thankful to be in your presence and in your house today. Lord, we just thank you for those that have come out. Thank you for our members. Thank you for our guests and visitors. And Father, we just pray as we break the bread of life, I pray that you'll give me the words to say. And Lord, you'll just use me to speak with boldness and authority those truths you've laid upon my heart. And Lord, I pray your spirit will deal with hearts this morning. Lord, I don't know the spiritual condition of those that are here, but you do. If there's one that has a need, Lord, may your spirit draw them to you. You've heard the prayer requests. Pray for those spoken and unspoken. We pray your will will be done. Again, Father, bless the service. May you be honored and glorified. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be seated, please. <clears throat> What do you think is the worst thing that could ever happen to someone? 
not know Christ. See, I've thought many occasions, and you see a lot of things that happen to people, and you just, oh, that's tragic. That's terrible. Oh, unbelievable. But as my wife said, the worst thing I could ever imagine happening to someone is to die in their sin and go to hell and spend eternity forever separated from God. That's the worst thing that could happen to anybody. And according to the scripture which we've just read, there are literally people out there that are close to crossing that line. There's a lot of people out there that don't really understand what the unpardonable sin is. And I'll go ahead and tell you. If you look for the word unpardonable sin in the Bible, you won't find it. But what unpardonable means is a sin that is not forgiven. That's what an unpardonable sin is. And I wonder if there's a case where maybe someone here in this sanctuary is close to crossing that line. You see, the Word of God says that all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven except one. Now listen, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all sin. He paid for the sins of the world. But you say, preacher, he says there's a sin that won't be forgiven. That is correct and this morning, we're going to find out what that sin is. There's only one sin that the Bible teaches never be forgiven. There's folks that have <laughs> different ideas about the unpardonable sin. I've talked to some. I've talked to saved people, people that have given their hearts to Christ that literally believe that they've committed the unpardonable sin. No. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you're okay. You can't commit the unpardonable sin. But there are those that have varied ideas about the unpardonable sin. Some have said, well, murder is the unpardonable sin. Well, it's true the Word of God tells us, thou shalt not kill in the Ten Commandments. But understand this morning that that's not the unpardonable sin. How do I know? Because David committed murder. No, he didn't pull the trigger. He didn't use the sword and cut off Uzziah's head. But his motive and his heart was murder for him because he coveted his wife, Bathsheba. Did God forgive him? Yes. How do I know? Well, if you read Acts, it'll tell you that David was chosen as king because he was a man after God's own heart. So murder cannot be the unpardonable sin. Suicide. I've had people say, well, suicide's unpardonable sin. Listen, it's true. Suicide is self-inflicted murder. It can't be repented of. 
But understand, the Bible tells us all manner of sin will be forgiven. There's people that have trusted Christ as their Savior and they've come to a place in their life that they've literally lost hope. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you the reason they've lost hope, the reason they've been so discouraged to the point where they feel like not living any longer, ending it all, is because Satan has put that thought in their mind. There's no hope. God can't help you. Go ahead. No one cares. No one will be concerned. If they ever see you again, go ahead. And it's a shame. But suicide is not the unpardonable sin. Some will say, well, lying is the unpardonable sin. Well, I got one problem with that. Yes, I know what the Ten Commandments say. Thou shalt not lie. But here's the thing. Abraham told Sarah, hey, we're here in Egypt now. You're a good-looking woman. They're going to take me out. So you say you're my sister. Did God bless Abraham even though he lied? What about Peter? Remember the night Jesus was arrested? He was warming his hands. The enemy's fire. Do you remember what Peter said? I don't know the man. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know him. He lied. But where's Peter and Abraham today? They're with the Lord in heaven. So lying is not the unpardonable sin. What about committing adultery? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Ten commandments. Oh, that's got to be the unpardonable sin. Uh, David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And yet, he's a man after God's own heart. He was forgiven. Now, I'll throw this in and won't charge you. Jesus said over in Matthew that if we look upon a woman with lust in our hearts, we have committed adultery. Are you saved? Is there anybody here that hadn't lusted? Boy, it's quiet. I can hear a pin drop. Yes. But it's not the unpardonable sin. You say, well, just not living for the Lord. Just walking away from the faith. That's the unpardonable sin. Well, there's a problem with that also because... The disciples, when Jesus was arrested, they scattered like rats on a ship fixing to sink. They were jumping ship everywhere. They forsook him. But where are they today? With the Lord. So no, it can't be abandoning one's faith. It can't be the unpardonable sin. Then preacher, what is it? What is the unpardonable sin? It is when we reject the witness of the Holy Spirit concerning that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He went to the cross and died on his sins and sacrificed himself that we might be redeemed. That 
is the unpardonable sin. So many out there don't know that. Look at the context of the scriptures we read. You see, the Pharisees had witnessed Jesus perform a miracle, proving he was God and the Savior. And what did they say? They said that Jesus did it in the power of Beelzebub, another name for Satan. It was through Satan's power. So they rejected the witness of the Holy Spirit. And by rejecting the witness of the Holy Spirit, they sealed their doom. And sinner friend, if you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, listen, you're on dangerous ground. Every time you reject him gets you closer and closer to the line you don't want to cross because once you cross over that line, it's too late. You see, the Holy Spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit. He sent the comforter and he was sent to what? Guide us, that's true. He indwells us at the moment of salvation. But what was his main purpose? I'll show you. Let's read it. We won't take my word for it. I'll show you in the word of God. Chapter 16 of John. Let's read it together. That way it'll stick. Chapter 16 of John. Verse 7 is where we'll start. I still hear pages turning. I'll give you a second. Chapter 16, beginning in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin, because they believe not on me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. You see, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Lord sent him here to testify that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. It guides and he directs and he assures us that we belong to the Lord if you've trusted him as your Savior. Now, can a child of God, a saint, a born again, man, woman, boy or girl, can they ever commit the unpardonable sin? No. Why? First of all, it's because they're saved. The blood of Jesus has washed away every stain of sin. They're saved. They have placed their faith and trust on the finished atoning work of Christ. So they're saved. So they cannot. But there's another reason they can't commit it. 
Not only are they saved by the blood of Jesus, but they are sealed. Ephesians tells us that we are sealed until the day of redemption. The Lord comes back. We're sealed. And there's nothing, no one, not anything that can break that seal. So you can't, if you're a saint of God, commit unpardonable sin. And then, of course, there's one other reason why you can't commit the sin of God, the unpardonable sin, if you're a child of God, and that is because you are secure in Christ. We are saved and kept by the power of Almighty God. God himself keeps us saved. Okay? So, how do I know I'm secure? Well, the Bible just said we're kept by the power of God, but I'll give you a couple examples. First example says, even if I got saved and I walked away from the faith and I ended up living in the gutter of life, I mean, I hit rock bottom. You wouldn't even think I was saved by my way of life and my actions. If I had called upon the Lord, I am saved still. How do I know I'm secure? Because he says, even if I sin and my works are wood, hay, and stubble, Every man's work will be tried by fire, but those works that burn up, and they will, I am still saved so as by fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, read that. I'll give you another. And this one always just got to me. There's a fella in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, member, saved and a member of the Corinthian church, was messing around with his stepmother. And you know what? It's hard to believe he was saved. You say, oh, how do you know he was saved? Because the Bible says, turn him over to the devil so that the flesh might be destroyed and that he might what? Live in the spirit. So he was secure in Christ. Now put that in your pipe and smoke that for a while. Think about that. That's pretty low. That's pretty dastardly. That's, that's a sin that, uh, well, Paul said wasn't even named amongst the Gentiles. And by the way, Gentiles had some awful practices. They were pagan. So, again, can, I'll ask you, can a saved person commit the unpardonable sin? No! Can a lost person commit the impossible, the impossible, unpardonable sin? Yes, why? Because they are not under the shield of the Lord's blood and his protection. Think about that for a second. 
as a person that's never called upon the name of the Lord for salvation, you are out of the Lord's will. You are separated from God. And it would be real easy for you to commit the unpardonable sin. You say, how? Just by not being willing to allow the Holy Spirit witness to you and convict your heart that Christ is who you need as Savior. You don't have to do a thing. But listen to me. There's also a deadline or a line that you can cross. And again, I'll ask. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that's just right there at that line. I wonder. God knows. I don't know. But God does. Are you close to crossing that line? You say, well, what is the line? Well, first of all, sinner friend, listen to me because this is important. If you die without Jesus as your personal Savior, you have crossed the line and there's no return. You see, you have to receive Christ this side of eternity because once you draw your last breath, you can't accept him in eternity. Understand that. It's appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. So, you'll cross that line of no return if you die without Jesus. And you know what's going to send you to hell? Committing that only sin that's not forgiven. Rejecting Jesus Christ. Here's another line you don't want to cross. And that's at the rapture of the church. See, those of us that are believers, one day Jesus is coming back in the clouds and we're going to meet him in the air. Amen? That ought to light you shut. You ought to be running up and down shouting, I'm going to heaven. I'm just waiting. Tickets already punched. I'm just waiting for the calling up. I'm going to grow some wings. I'm going to go up. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I'll be changed. Yes, the dead are going to beat me up there if I'm alive. But if I die, I'm going to beat everybody. I'm going to be one of the ones. First, be called up and see my Savior. But listen to me. Listen to me. I know some of you are thinking, well, I've been told by Grandma and Grandpa, the old preacher said that There'll be some folks saved during the tribulation. Can I tell you something? I hate to bust your bubble. But if you won't accept him here and now, what makes you think you're going to accept him during the tribulation? Ain't going to happen. You say, I don't believe that. Well, read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says God's going to give you over to a strong delusion. You would rather believe the Antichrist... In Christ. So, no, that's a line you don't want to cross. 
There's people out there that are literally willing to give their soul. They might hang on to their sin. Can I go ahead and tell you there's no sin out there worth dying and going to hell for. Not your family, not your friends, not anything. So stop hanging on to a sin that literally doesn't amount to anything concerning eternity. Compared to eternity, that sin is nothing. Trust Christ. Let go of your sin. Listen, there's lots of people, they want power. Lots of people want fame and fortune. Lots of people want to be famous. Folks, those things aren't going to mean nothing when you draw your last breath and you stand before your maker. And he's going to see you for who you are. And I've said it many times. You know what's going to matter? Did you accept Jesus or did you reject him? That's all that's going to matter. So, if a child of God can't commit the unpardonable sin, but a lost person can, which class do you find yourself in this morning? Are you saved? Or are you lost? You see... The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3 that my spirit will not always strive with man. There comes a day when the Holy Spirit of God stops dealing with you. It's called sinning away your day of grace. You say, well, how will I know if I've done that? Well, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart now that you need to come to Christ, then thank God you've not committed the unpardonable sin and the Spirit Spirit is still dealing with you. But the way you'll know if you send away your day of grace is the Holy Spirit will stop convicting you and dealing with you. It'll just completely stop. You say, well, you mean it could happen? I assure you, there's folks that have sinned away their day of grace. But listen to me, here's the good thing. God being a God of grace and love, he gives us chance after chance after chance to five, ten, dozens of chances. And as long as there's breath and the Holy Spirit is still in the world dealing with hearts, you have the opportunity. But not to bust your bubble. 
I said he's a God of many, many chances. But God can also say, no, that's enough. I gave you one opportunity. I gave you two, and you said, no, I'm done. And if that ever happens, you've crossed that line. So, what class? Are you a believer or a non-believer? Have you committed the unpardonable sin? Are you next to that line? If I was you, I would urge you to come to the altar and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, I believe you're who you said you were. I believe you went to the cross to atone for my sin. I believe you died, you were buried, and you rose again. And to the best of my ability, Lord, come into my heart and save me. And if you pray that prayer, you're saved, and you never, ever have to worry about the unpardonable sin ever. So everybody is on the same page. If you're saved, it's impossible for you to commit the unpardonable sin. Everybody understand that? Everybody believe that? Okay. If you're lost, you can commit the unpardonable sin. Anytime we don't believe the witness of Jesus concern, I mean, witness of the Holy Spirit concerning Jesus as our Savior, we're one step closer to committing the unpardonable sin. So, in close, Jesus loves you. He died for you. And there's absolutely no excuse for you to die and go to hell. There's nothing out in the world worth that. Mark said, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I used to think drinking was the thing. That was my sin of choice. I thought I could drink Garland County, Arkansas dry. And believe me, I tried. I did. And I'm not bragging. Listen, it's a lot of fun waking up feeling like somebody was hitting you in the head with a sledgehammer. A lot of fun waking up in your own puke. A lot of fun finding yourself parked in somebody's yard. You don't know, one, how you got there, and two, who the people that you were parked in their yard and they come to the car door and glass and hey you're trespassing huh no that's really fun you see the devil loves to lie in fact he's a liar from the beginning he's a liar and a murderer and a thief and he would like nothing more sinner friend than for you to commit the unpardonable sin because if you commit that sin, even though God is a God of grace, God is a God of mercy, that is one sin he'll never forgive. Think about that. And that's what he's out to do, to get you to commit that sin. So please come. 
Call upon the Lord and allow him to save you. Would you stand with me? Brother Bob, you and Sister Holly come. Father, that's your word. I thank you for your truth. And Father, I don't know the hearts of those that I stand before, but you do. I don't know how close they are to crossing the line of committing the unpardonable sin. But Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will deal with their hearts and they will believe the Spirit's witness that you are Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And they'll come and trust you before it's too late. So Lord, have your way during the invitation. Forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. And I thank you for allowing me the privilege of sharing the gospel. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.